this is Out for One Sports, your podcast for all things Philly sports. Let's get into it. Good evening, ladies and germs. This is Tom with Out for One Sports. And this is Anthony with Out for One Sports. Today is Tuesday, April 27th, and we're actually only three days away from Anthony's birthday. What, what? Big old 28. Only two years away from 30. What? Oh, yeah, great. So, uh, are you going to be, are you going to, you going to be like, um, Darth Vader when that happens and just go, no, no, no. Or are you just going to be like... Daddy, chill. I think I'm going to get dirty on my 30th birthday. Dirty 30? Dirty 30. Ah, so anyway, um, what are we drinking th- today, today there, Anthony? Yeah, so we're going to try something new here on the podcast. Uh, we're going to explore some beer and some alcoholic options. And uh, we figured we'd try some uh, brewery beer and some uh, other liqueur during the week. Uh, so this week, uh, actually last week, I went to a sort of a chain brewery called Iron Hill Brewery and uh, picked up a couple I got picked up two different types of beer I uh, this week uh, we figured uh, to try out what's called the Philly favorite which is a, uh, a Philly IPA and if you're wondering favorite starts with a pH and uh, it's a beautiful looking can it's got the picture of City Hall red white and blue on it very Philly it's got uh, sports you got Ben Franklin on there very yeah, ni- it's a very, very, very nice, nice clean cut. Yeah, very nice uh, IPA flavor. It's not too overpowering like some IPAs where it just it hits you with that IPA flavor. It's very smooth for an IPA. I like it. Yeah, it's you very, know. very clean. I've actually been to an Iron Hill brewery once with Casey and her parents. Um, they had some goodies there. Uh, I think there's one. Act- Where'd you get these? Newtown? Yeah, I was actually in the Newtown location. Yeah. Yeah, so we were, you know, I know she, she was telling me she would like to go there again. So, uh, or you know, check that check that one out. So I'd be interested in doing that because uh, yeah, this is a six point seven percent Philly IPA. Yeah, so not not too heavy and won't get you terribly buzzed, <laughs> uh, but uh, off one at least. But a uh, funny story about um, Iron Hill Brewery is uh, went there with uh, Casey and her parents early on in our relationship, and they were kind of talking about a golden birthday, and I'm like, what's that? Apparently, it's when you turn the age of your birth date. So for me, it would have been 22. So, and then for you, your golden birthday will actually be your 30th birthday. My dirty 30, baby. So, um, you know, I never actually celebrated it because I didn't know what it was. So they basically kind of convinced Iron Hill it was my birthday and I got a big boot with a candle on it, a beer <laughs> in it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's, that is... That is <laughs> stealing. Well, I mean, I think I, th- I do think they we did tell them it wasn't truly my birthday. We were just kind of celebrating a late thing that I didn't know about. But it was a fun time. But yeah, this is a good beer. Doesn't you know? It's a tasty beverage. Yeah, and if you ever want to go to Iron Hill, they got some really good egg rolls. Whether that's a Philly cheesesteak egg roll, they got like a Tex-Mex type egg roll. They got a buffalo chicken egg roll. They are so good. Now you're making me hungry. Yeah, they're they're 
I've been there a couple times. It's actually the first time I actually brought home some beer. Uh, it's usually uh, uh, lunch at with the with the coworkers. Nice, yeah. Um, yeah, you don't you don't often uh, drink too many uh, brewery beers, do you? I used to. Uh, then you know you kind of watch your figure and you start going to the lighter beers. Like uh, uh, my favorite's always going to be Coors Light, but uh, I've dived around a little bit. Nice. So, quick sports updates here. You know, guys, we suck. Flyers losing again to the Devils, five to four. Hopefully, G can bail us out again, like he did on Sunday. Uh, Flyers are just broke my heart this year. They're not going anywhere. And uh, Sixers finally got off the losing schneid and uh, blew out the Thunder, one twenty-one to uh, what was it, ninety-four? Yeah, it was a very low. But it was good to see both Embiid and Simmons back on the court, you know, after Embiid's uh, sore knee or shoulder or whatever it was. <laughs> and then uh, Simmons' uh, in injury, or illness, rather. Illness. <laughs> um, so hopefully get them back on the winning side. Hopefully pick up some more dubs, and hopefully we can get a couple Nets losses so we can retake first place. Because I'd right. much rather play the Hornets than play the Heat in the first round. Right. And then uh, what about the Phillies? Uh, so the Phillies are losing. Um, I mean, after that hot, hot 5-0 start that they had, it just seems like, you know, they'll win one, lose one, win one, lose one. And, uh, I mean, we're not going to see some sweeps, I guess, at this point. Uh, bullpen has just, you know, started out hot and uh, now is the worst bullpen in the league out of after 22 games. Yeah, so that's more like it, right? <laughs> yeah. Got to go back to it. And then, you know, coming down now, you got uh, – they uh, brought up uh, Aduba Herrera, so now he is in the lineup. Yeah, so we got a bit of uncomfortable circumstances there, and you know, um, we don't want to get too deep into that. We've already, you know, gone over that before. And then, you know, I hate to, you know yesterday they're pitching Zach Wheeler did go pretty deep. Uh, I think he went five innings with a perfect game before he got blown up. Yeah, and you know, you always got Hector Neris that can make it interesting. Yeah. And then uh, uh, Reese Hoskins and Bryce Harper keep tearing it up. Seems like they're yeah. getting multi-home multi, multi home run games almost every other every game, if not every other game. Yeah, I mean, it seems like, you know, you have the trio of Bryce Harper, Reese Hoskins, and JT Romuto. You got JT that's batting very well. I think he's got like a, uh, you know, over 300 uh, batting average, .333. This is batting average. Uh, you know, Bryce Harper, a great, you know, power bat and uh, some good slugging and uh, some good base hitting. Uh, but Reese, man, you know, two games already with uh, uh, two home runs in each. Like, that's, I mean, he's leading the league right now in home runs with eight. Uh, I, I, I wonder if they might consider uh, changing the lineup a little bit with uh, maybe putting um, like JT at number two, Bryce at three, and Reese at four. It all really, I guess, just depends on, you know, if Reese starts to see more walks or something, you know. If Reese back cleanup, that might that might not be a bad idea. I mean, probably don't want to fix that something that ain't broke right now. I think our offense is working out pretty well, just of which our pitching would catch back up. Well, I think the big thing with, you know, the Phillies right now is you're, it's dead bats. I mean, you have Bryce Harper hitting solo home runs. You have Reese Hawkins, uh, Hoskins uh, hitting you know, solo who runs, you know, nobody's getting on base aside for the, that trio of guys. And, uh, 
I mean, even today's game is showing you that, you know, nobody other than those three guys are getting on base. Right. So uh, at some point, I think they're going to have to do something um, elsewhere. They're going to have to go out somewhere to get a real steady center fielder. And um, they're sure. going to gonna have to solidify that fourth and fifth spot on the pitching rotation. Um, I think a guy out there that everyone keeps talking about might be an old friend of ours, Cole Hamels. Yep. Um, maybe bring him back and then... Uh, I'm not sure what you want to do with the fifth spot because um, I don't think Chase Anderson or Matt Moore are the real answers there. And, yeah. you know, Vince Velasquez is not either. Um, right. <laughs> can we just – that's like, you know, Mean Girls trying to make fetch a thing an, a, anymore. Like, you know, he's not going to be a – he's not, he's a bullpen guy, and he really shouldn't be a bullpen guy on our team. Um, yeah. so, and, I mean, like, J- J- Chase Anderson uh, didn't uh, have a horrible game in the last one, but – uh, they they brought in David Hale and then that's just where it all blew up. Yeah, well, when Chase Anderson couldn't strike out the pitcher and gave up a hit to the pitcher, um, yeah. that's where it all went to crap. And then we just got destroyed. Um, that was a hard game to watch. Um, but anyway, they're down right now, three to two to the Cardinals. Um, just seems like they can't string together multiple wins right now. Yeah, it's been a win and a loss, a win and a loss. Yeah, so I'm hope. Hoping maybe they can, like I said, solidify that center field spot in the fourth and f- fifth spot in the rotation, and then clean up that uh, bullpen and stop blowing these games and or stop getting helping us get destroyed. They need to try to figure out how to get into those methods early on. I mean, I thought that. I mean, once you get uh, Archie Bradley back, maybe you'll get some comfort again. But I mean, like at the beginning of the season, it seems so efficient. Starting pitchers went, you know, six, seven innings. You know, you had some quick cleanup, one or two bullpen guys, and then Hector Neris went out there and closed, you know, a couple of those games. And it's like, you know, that's the efficiency they need. They can't, I mean, like a game the other day where just bullpen after bullpen after bullpen, you know. And that's the big problem with the fourth and fifth spot. And even almost the third spot, you know, Zach can give you some quality starts, but not. I don't don't think always, Um, is, you know, these fourth and fifth and sometimes the third guys in the rotation, they're not going deep enough where we're having to, use all these guys in the bullpen and that's where we go to crap and they start blowing leads exactly i mean zach eflin i mean there's there's uh three runs on the board for uh the cardinals but he's right right at uh 6.1 you know pitches you know innings pitched uh i mean he's only you know earned runs are three and strikeouts are seven he got seven hits i mean he'd probably be taken out soon but to me that doesn't look like a horrible night of pitching that looks like a average you know third fourth uh you know pitcher on on this team right anyway moving on real quick um want to give a shout out to local product here pat sabatini for his first ufc dub he looked really good in my opinion had control of christian Connolly pretty much throughout the entire fight kind of gave up uh position towards the end of the third round but for the most part had that uh match well in hand um landed some yeah. good strikes yeah for sure um i mean you know that horrible you know canceled bout back in february where he was supposed to fight rafael alves uh but the guy missed weight it was nice to actually see that you know he they gave him a chance yeah uh, he uh was actually the first fight in the preliminary uh section of uh ufc 261 um not the early prelim but the regular prelim uh, I went the distance. It was a, a unanimous decision, but um, I mean, those first two rounds were easily uh, Pat Sabatini's round. Uh, you know, he just couldn't 
couldn't finish up on the uh on those uh rear naked chokes but um I mean, he was getting close. It was almost like the guy was just too slippery for him. It was too much sweat. But, you know, the third round, Tristan kind of, you know, picked it up a little bit. But you could tell both were very tired. Both were, you know, using a lot of energies, you know, trying to, uh, you know, with Pat trying to use his submissions and Tristan trying to escape those submissions. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was very impressive. I mean, we've watched uh, Pat, you know, fight quite a bit since uh, his early days in the uh, amateur fighting when we watched him uh, I, I believe he retained his title with like a you know a rear naked choke in 30 seconds of the fight right you know i thought a couple times during that fight he probably could have had an arm triangle on him he he seemed to have gotten that position quite a bit but never really went for that i think he was really trying to hit that uh, rear naked choke and you know credit to tristian for fighting that off and was able to arm battle him a little bit but pat for the most part maintained control that entire time it just like it never really looked like that fight was in question for Pat. I thought he, you know, he had a good handle on that fight, you know. And it's funny. I read on Twitter some guy thought Tristan was gonna win. You know, Pat's, you know, striking is trash. And I'm like, yeah, look, Pat's uh, striking was a lot better than Tristan's. I mean, no, not to downplay Tristan as a fighter, because you know I couldn't do that in a million years. But you know, I think Pat turned a lot of heads, and he's gonna be the future of that featherweight division or any other division if he decides to go up. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I want to assume that, you know, Tristan was probably more the striker of the matchup. But, I mean, that fight really showed that, um, you know, Patrick, you know, was the striker of that uh, fight. Uh, there was quite a couple of nice hits landed. I mean, uh, Tristan did get a, a punch or two that looked, you know, a little worrisome. You know, maybe it, you know, dinged uh, Pat up a little bit. But um, for the most part... Uh, you know, he kept it. He kept it moving. I mean, he circled. He circled the uh, octagon around. You know, quite a bit. Made sure he got his opponent tired, and you know, went for the kill. And that's the one thing I liked about Pat Sabatini's style is that he doesn't. He's not. You know, he's light footed. He doesn't. He's not like just on his. He's like bouncing around. You know, staying light on his feet, where it's kind of hard to catch him and really take him down. Whereas, I felt like Tristan's style. You know, he's a little more susceptible to being taken down because he's kind of like flat footed. You know yeah, I mean. exactly. Yeah, I, I believe we were talking about that. Uh, we watched the fight at Buffalo Wild Wings. Uh, yeah, I believe we were talking about that. I mean, one of the big things, too, was uh, uh, when I noticed, you know, it almost seemed like when he was doing, you know, kind of circling around the uh, octagon as opposed to sticking to one area. The only thing I don't like is uh, when, you know, your back is to the uh, cage. Uh, I always feel like there's a vulnerability there. Um but uh, I mean, he kept it moving, and he was able to tire his opponent out. I mean, it didn't—it really didn't look like Pat was tired until late in the last round. Right. So, like I said, I—I see—I uh, see big things in Pat's future. I see, you know, don't know how many fights it's going to take, but you know, I could see a featherweight title coming his way. Yeah, I mean, he—I uh, mean, it's a lot of work. I believe I was uh, looking up some stats and some rankings. It looks like uh, UFC-wise, he's ranked like number forty-six or something uh on the list so uh i don't know if that's pre uh this fight or if that's after this fight but uh hopefully you know we can start seeing more out of him and uh i wish the best for him you know the crazy thing too is um you know if ufc 5 for the playstation comes out could pat sabatini be in that uh, I mean, it's hard to tell, uh, I mean, because he, I mean, this was his first fight and it was a preliminary fight. I would most likely assume, you know, guys that are main card fighters would 
be in the video game, not necessarily, you know, prelim, early prelim fighters. But, I mean, if he can get himself into maybe a main card or maybe, you know, the encore of a prelim fight, I can definitely see him in the game. I'll tell you one thing. He'll, he'll definitely be one of the guys that really kind of gets me back into watching UFC. You know, I've kind of been, like, in and out there, you know, when back in the day when Liddell would be around or uh, Lesnar, uh, guys like that, that really got me interested. And then, you know, a couple of years ago when really McGregor was was bigger and, you know, really stealing the show and then, you know, getting to see a local product like Pat, who, you know, I've experienced wrestling with, going to wrestling camp and stuff with. You know, it would be cool to see him succeed there. So wish wish him all the best. Yeah, it feels good to have somebody that you can root for now and, you know, it's close to home and, uh, you know, it's hard because, I mean, like, I agree totally, you know, back with Liddell, um, Ortiz, you know, you got uh, Brock Lesnar, you know, uh, all these different, you know, fighters that were consistent and it just seems like nowadays it's just new fighters left and right. There's a new name out there. You got, like, Masvidal, you got Usman, like... I've heard of them. I know they're great fighters and, you know, the best of the best right now. But it's like it just seems like there's going to be a best of the best coming up next week. Right. You know, there's not consistency. So hopefully uh, our boy Pat can uh, get some consistency in the UFC here. Dana, give him a chance. Yeah. He's worth it. And the Phillies are losing 5-2. to two. Oh, yay. But anyway, let's get to the real uh... – Real reason we're all here today, you know, we got the draft coming up later this week on Thursday. We got round one coming up, so we wanted to bring to you guys uh, our thoughts on the draft. Um, you know, we both did uh, some mock drafts here for the Eagles, um, so we're going to go through it here kind of round by round and see who we came up with. Now, granted, we're not the biggest experts, so we're not going to be able to tell you every little detail about each of these guys. We're more like what we need and where these guys are ranked type deal. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's really just, you know, getting towards, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth round, you know, it's going to be, you know, position of need and, uh, you know, best on the board pretty much. Uh, I mean, nobody's really going to be able to, you know, we're casual, uh, you know, Philly fanatic. Eh, just one more thing. Flyers lost six to four. Today, old friend. <laughs> Great. But yeah, we're we're big fans, but you know we're not the analysts on TV, so we don't have every little nook and cranny of you know each player. But you know we think we uh, our mock drafts are pretty similar, I'd say. <laughs> so if we want to get down to it, uh, you know, and this is no trades. You know, we're not going to even speculate on you know what packages we're gonna they're gonna take to either move up or move back or you know mid round trades or things like that. Right. I know These are yeah, just straight up picks. Right. You know, like, I know there's rumors out there, like, Ertz is going to be traded, and that'll probably involve some picks and things like that. So I don't yeah. even want to try to rehow his mind right now. I'm just, you know, as far as that goes, I just want to kind of get a general idea of where we feel like they're going to go. Yeah, so, the importance, the important needs of this team. So uh, to start off with, uh, their first pick will be at number 12. Uh, so we're going to have them go cornerback here. Uh, Patrick Sertain second from Alabama. I think that okay. he'll pair up very nicely with um, Darius Slay on the opposite side. We've lacked a true number two cornerback for a lo very long time, and we've straddled, struggled mightily in the secondary, and I think this helps shores up that for position years. here. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, I just wish Patrick Sertain was on my board when I did my draft. Unfortunately, he wasn't, so I went with the next best thing. And uh, so I 
Again, I too went cornerback. Uh, I did best available, so I picked cornerback uh, J.C. Horn from South Carolina. Still not a bad pick. I think that'll work out perfectly for us, and I think he matched up very well with Kyle Pitts, so if he ends up in either Dallas or uh, with the Giants, that'll definitely be a big help. Yeah, and I think uh, J.C. Horn is the uh, uh, only player to, um, I guess, out of the top three allow uh, Devonta Smith to uh, – Less than 50 yards receiving. Yeah, so I think we can't go wrong either way if we end up with one of those two guys. And like I said, that'll pair up nicely with Darius Slay um, going forward. Um, and you might be able to relax and, you know, Darius Slay could almost bump into that number two spot in a way. Yeah, if, you know, these guys, you know, step up in a big way early on. You know, there was a lot of pressure on Darius Slay this past season covering all these number ones. Right. And, you know, you had to rely on safety help um, to help with the number two guy because he wasn't always as up to par as Darius Slay. And that kind of allowed Darius Slay to get burnt sometimes because, you know, guy can only handle so much, you know, getting tired with these fast guys. Yeah. So then number two, another position of need um, in round two. Very important. <laughs> uh, round uh, number 37, uh, pick number 37 in, in the draft. Um I went with wide receiver Elijah Moore from Mississippi. The funny thing is, as we go through this uh, draft, uh, you can tell that Tommy and I, without telling each other anything, have uh, have this very similar mind. Uh, for the 37th pick, I chose Elijah Moore, wide receiver Mississippi. Right. We need to really show up that wide receiver position, and we hope he can be be that guy that can kind of, you know, take the top off the off the offense, you know, go up and get those 50-50 balls. Something that Howie has failed to get the last few years. You know, he went with Jalen Rager, and the jury's still out on Jalen. You know, he could very well turn out to be very good for us, but he had his injury issues. And the team overall just didn't play very well with offensive line issues. Carson Wentz wasn't playing very well and things of that nature. But Yeah, like I don't think he got a chance. I think this year will pan out to be more of who he could be versus, you know, last year. Uh, yeah, like uh, Elijah Moore, I get that A.J. Brown, you know, wide receiver from the Titans uh, vibe. Uh, he's got some speed. He's got some built muscle. Um, yeah, I think this will be a good pick, especially, you know, with my mock draft. Uh, none of the top three wide receivers are on the board. Yeah, uh, the mock draft we ran through, all those guys were off the board fairly quickly in the top, like, 10, 11. So, um, you know, I would have probably considered – either Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle had they fallen to 12, but um, this is, you know, but, you know, that didn't happen. So cornerback is probably just as big, if not a bigger position of need, so that's why I went Patrick Sertain uh, with the 12th pick. And I, I think Elijah Moore is going to be a really solid pick at number 37. So we're hope, hoping he can really sure up that wide receiver position and give Jalen Hurts uh, a good weapon to throw to. Yeah, definitely. agree. And then round three, uh, we got two picks in that round. Uh, first pick is at number 70. I went with uh, linebacker Jabril Cox from LSU. Uh, I as well, uh, number 70, picked uh, Jabril Cox, linebacker LSU. Going to have the Cox brothers playing together. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've heard the name uh, fairly well. I hear he's, uh, he's definitely, like, uh, you know, see a lot of mock drafts. I've seen uh, Jabril Cox picked by the Eagles. Uh, definitely a... Uh, good option i mean this team obviously we don't invest heavy on linebacker but i think this year should be a little bit different especially after the way our linebackers played last season where we got burnt several times had several missed tackles we need to sure up that position yeah we don't need uh 
um, you know, linebackers lining up against uh, wide receivers like uh, uh, Claypool and be flat-footed. Yeah, so Nate glad, Gary. Yeah, Nate Gary. Uh, glad to see he. You know, he's no no longer with us. He yeah. was just... I liked him. He looked like a tough guy, and you know, had quite a p- couple picks for us. But I mean, they pretty much. I had no idea what they thought of thought in him. Yeah, he just he blew that Steelers game for us there. And but yeah. then again, too, that was also kind of on. Uh, you know the play call there. Why you're having a linebacker line up on the guy who just scored three touchdowns on you it made no sense. But yeah. So I'm hoping that he can help sure up that, that part of our defense. And then for the second pick in the third round, pick number 84, I went safety Jamar Johnson from Indiana. Uh, yeah, 84, similar. Um, I went for uh, Ardarius Washington, safety from TCU. Yeah, uh, I think, you know, with the fact that Rodney McLeod's status is kind of in the air right now, he'll pro- I'm thinking he'll end up on the pup list to start the season coming yeah. off that ACL tear. And after just signing Anthony Harris, I think that'll pair up nicely, you know, between him, um, between Jamar Johnson and who you picked, um, Anthony Harris, and then uh, Kayvon Wallace. It'll be a nice, solid uh, group there. Yeah. And I think we'll still have Marcus Epps, too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I believe he'll still be there. Uh, I mean, Kayvon Wallace, I think, is... uh... I think he's about to have a very good second year. I mean, obviously this team is probably going to have uh, a little bit of a backup in the uh, you know, safety position, especially with uh, Rodney McLeod uh, leading the pack. But, uh, I mean, somebody, you know, in the future, Kayvon Wallace and like, any one of the two safeties we have, that's great potential to have a great, you know, safety tandem. And then moving on to um, the fourth round here, pick number 123. I'm I'm going back to the linebacker position because, again, I think that position needs a whole overhaul. And he surprisingly slipped all the way to the fourth round. I'm going Jamin Davis, linebacker out of Kentucky. I as well picked Jamin Davis, linebacker Kentucky. I agree. We definitely need to, you know, you know, get some linebackers on this team. You know, even if you're not picking them in the first or second round, I mean, you got to get, you know, more top tier linebackers and uh according you know to this draft i mean jamon davis you know if you know this if this was the actual draft i mean that would be a steal yeah that would be a real steal in the fourth round and i want to see more blitzes with our linebackers i'm hoping with the uh probably the new defensive scheme we bring in uh we can start seeing more blitzes and what better way to do that than to bring in some new linebackers um hoping maybe these guys can help create some turnovers as well whether it's fumbles or interceptions or deflections and things of that things of that nature right like um, no no disrespect to jim shorts uh I, I i just i loved his scheme so much in terms of you know the front you know the front four um you know that pressure but uh i think you know if we can keep that type of mentality but you know, just include some blitzes i mean that would be a very scary defense Right. Um, so then going forward to round number five, pick number 150, I went gar- guard Kendrick Green out of Illinois. And, uh, you know, again, we're twins. Uh, when we were talking about it, you know, I told him I know where you're going. Uh, so pick number 150, I too picked Kendrick Green, guard from Illinois. Personally speaking, uh, you know, with Simalo's and Brandon Brooks's injuries history, um, and the way that offensive line played last season, we really need some good depth there, and I think that Kendrick can provide that. Um, also, too, with Brandon Brooks, he's had three season-ending injuries the last, like, four years, I believe. 
Um, so we really need to get some uh, re, uh, some insurance behind him. And also, too, because, you know, love Brandon Brooks, great player when he's in there, but he can be a little bit of a liability with that anxiety issue of his. Not to display to downplay that all because it is a real I- issue, but you never know when that thing can creep up. So you need somebody that can step up for him if he uh, – if he's not available. Yeah, and you can't have a guy like Matt Pryor. You know, that's a, that's a third stringer at that point. Um, yeah. Just a note, Kendrick Green uh, on both of our lists were probably best available. You know, I pretty much I would probably assume in both of our heads at that point we got to start thinking, you know, linemen in any sort of way. Uh, so I think he was the best available at that point. Absolutely. So basically when you get to the later rounds, it's really hard to gauge so much on player, um, the actual player, but, you know, best available. No, it, to a degree, too. Like, you don't need to go best available or, you know, another running back when you got Miles Sanders. Um, you know, at least this early. Uh, you don't need to go quarterback right now. Um, you know, there's certain positions where you don't need to go best available. But best available, he, he was there right there. We need that depth. So we're going to go ahead and go with him. Yeah. And then moving on to, I believe this is now round six. Um, we... I was going with uh, defensive lineman Bobby Brown the third, good old BB the third from Texas A&M. BBs. And uh, who'd you go with? Uh, so uh, similar. Uh, I didn't go uh, interior line. I actually went with a defensive end. I uh, chose uh, defensive end uh, Chauncey Golston from Iowa. Yeah, we definitely need to get more of a pass rush going, whether it's from you know the interior or the exterior. Um, you know, I felt like our you know. We did all right last season, but we, you know, definitely do better. I think that was part of the problem too with the secondary is that our pass rush wasn't getting through uh, as much as it should, and that allowed guys to you know take the top off our secondary because they had so much time to get open. Um, so we really need to get you know, not so much revamp, but you know, add more depth and kind of retool that defensive line. Exactly. I mean, we gotta we gotta look at getting young and getting good at uh, you know the defensive line. I mean, you just don't ever know. At which point, you know, you're going to have to view Fletcher Cox as, you know, trade bait, you know, for the future. Um, you'll probably have one or maybe two more years of uh, Brandon Graham before you have to look to really start to move on from him. I mean, you don't have a lot of certainty with uh, uh, Derek Barnett. Um, I mean, he's got the, you know, the the fifth-year option coming up here this year. Um so, you know, he could have a great year and then go somewhere else because he could make a whole lot more money. Or, you know, maybe we do lock him in as a, you know, a good, not great defensive end. Right, and I feel like we always do very well uh, on the defensive line when we have rotations of guys. Not, right. You know, you don't, you know, Cox is a great player, Pro Bowl player, but you don't want him on the field for 90% of the snaps. You you want to get these guys off and rotate guys. You know, I think that's why we did so well in our Super Bowl year because we had a good, you know, rotation going. You know, yeah, very good one. Where yeah. we would have, you know, Fletcher Cox in there one play, and then, you know, you bring in this, the next round of guys. You got Bo Allen. You know, there was really wasn't a huge drop-off. You know, maybe a slight drop-off, but you still had great, you know, great rotation of guys coming in and constant pressure on the quarterback. You know, and that's what we need to get back. Yeah, talking about that, too, it's like, you know, you're talking great rotation. Like, that is a perfect way of putting about I mean – even even having like I haven't seen this rotation since you know the Super Bowl year, but I mean putting you know 
Brandon, uh, Brandon Graham in uh, defensive interior defensive line, you know, throwing in Vinnie Curry interior defensive line. I mean, like, they had these rotations going at the Super Bowl year. It's like, you know, these are very good. You know, you're throwing Derek Barnett and then, you know, maybe you know, Josh Sweat or somebody as the uh, other two DNs. Like, those are still very skillful, you know, rotations. Right. So, anyway, I guess uh, we're now into round seven. I didn't realize it's we had... round six. Round oh, six. Still yeah. round six. Sorry. Yeah. After a while, I kind of lose track of what round you're in here. So yeah. Round six. Got two picks there. So first pick you got at uh, pick uh, 224. Uh, I decided to go in with another cornerback, Zach McPherson from Texas Tech. Yeah, that's a good pick. I mean, definitely need that depth. I mean, I think, you know, wide receiver is probably weak down the line. I feel like this is a consistent thing every year. Um you know, not having a lot of depth as well. Uh, there's a huge drop-off between your starters. Uh, I actually didn't think about a cornerback. I actually I was thinking, you know, just because of injury concerns and different stuff like that, I actually went running back this round, and I picked up uh, Puka Williams Jr. from Kansas. Puka? Puka. Puka yep. Puka. And we worked with a Puka once. <laughs> um. And then uh, moving to the very next pick, um, we got uh, pick 225. Uh, we both went quarterback, but we both but went in different directions. But I don't think you can kind of go wrong here because this isn't yeah. really expected to be the guy that's going to step up and be your starter. But uh, yeah. I, I went with Sam Ellinger, qu- quarterback out of Texas. And who'd you take? So I uh, went a different route. I mean, we've seen this name um Pretty often thrown out there for the Eagles, but I went with quarterback Ian Book from Notre Dame. And like I said, I, I don't think you can go wrong with either pick. These guys are mostly going to be developmental guys. You know you know how we are. We are, worse. We are quarterback developers. We want to be quarterback factory. We have the- yeah, so that was always fun. <laughs> <laughs> you read my mind there, Anthony. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh. So yeah, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Uh, I actually like the I actually like the uh, quarterback he picked. I'd probably actually prefer that one. Um, did he fall just, to you or no? Uh, no, he actually I don't think he did. Um, but uh, I just went with Ian Book because that was a very popular name thrown out there. I did watch a couple of games of Ian Book, and I think that's kind of a similar type of play style as uh, uh, Jalen Hurts. And I kind of view the quarterback position as needing you know two similar quarterbacks, not two very different. That's true. So yeah, I think you do have a point there. And then uh, next pick here, I think we're finally. Is, are we still in round six here? Uh, yeah, this is round six, and then we have we have one round seven. All right. So then round uh, last pick in round six. You know, I'm went with this pick uh, just because you know we, we're not sure how much longer he's going to remain with the team. But I went center Drew Dahlman uh, out of Stanford. And uh, I, too, thought about that as well. You know, it kind of is a funny situation because you picked uh, um, Jason Kelsey in the sixth round. Uh, so I figured this was, a, you know, another, you know, kind of epiphany here. But I, too, picked Drew Dahlman from Stanford Center. Yeah, because, you know, every year we're hearing, you know, it's Jason Kelsey going to retire. It's his body holding up. It seems to be the only one that can stay healthy on this team. But, yeah, you know. You got to plan for the future, and you know I think Drew can fit the bill. Was definitely the be- uh, best available sitting at this position. And that's why I decided to go with him. Although 
mock draft gave me a C plus on it. Um, I just think that's uh, I think I think I've noticed uh, position of need is like where you tend to get better scores. So, but you know we pretty much covered all our positions of needs earlier on. So we, yeah. kept, we started thinking about death in the future here. And then last pick of the draft, I decided to go with the running back to back up Miles Sanders. Um, I went Elijah Mitchell, running back out of Louisiana. I actually like that pick a lot. Um, he showed up the second time I did a, I did two dra- uh, sim- simulations, but I, I preferred this one over the other one. But uh, I like that pick a lot. But uh, I uh, went offense as well. But I figured uh, we can use some depth here. So I actually picked tight end Kylan Granson from Southern Mississippi. Which is probably a good way to go, too, because uh, there are reports that Zach Ertz will be traded by the end of this draft. We're not sure where, when and where, but um, so we do need to look to get somebody behind Dallas Goddard. So that's not yeah. a bad pick either. Good spot to take him, too. Especially to get younger. I mean, I like Richard Rodgers. I thought, you know, he was definitely a good compliment, even at his age. And, um, you know, he gave you some pretty good games there last, last season. But uh, I think we, it's time to get, you know, younger at that position as well. Right. He's actually probably the best tight end we had last year, all things considered. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so what did you, uh, what'd you, what was your grade? Uh, so, uh, tally it all up. So, um, I mean, the top three picks I made were all A's, uh, A minus, A, A minus. Uh, so, with all of them together, I got a final score of a B plus. As did I. So, I think uh, me and you should probably look to get into that war room. What do you think? Uh, I think so. I mean, anybody should be in that war room over uh, Howie Roseman. Yeah, and you just think if we had some, act- you know, time to actually go out and scout these guys, then I think we'd be <laughs> be a lot better than Howie. Somehow I feel like Howie's going to screw this up, and he's just laughing it all up. Yeah. So anyway, uh, another thing we wanted to do here is we wanted to do a first-round mock for everybody, kind of go through here and kind of pick by pick, decide which every team, which team, you know, what uh position each team's going to go with or what player each team's going to go with so i'm yep. gonna gonna have anthony go first so you ready to uh, hit start draft and we'll go yeah definitely all right so what are you thinking for the jags at pick number one so i got some uh interesting news here oh yeah yeah Uh, I'm seeing the Eagles trading, you know, the next three first round picks, uh, they're going to trade OA Fletcher Cox and uh, Zach Ertz in exchange for that number one overall pick. And they're going to pick up, uh, Trevor Lawrence. Daddy chill. <laughs> I mean, we got to get the quarterback factory going, right? Oh, absolutely. Or worse, we are quarterback developers. We want to be a quarterback factory. We have to. <laughs> All right. All jokes aside. Uh, looks like we got Jacksonville on the clock. Uh, this is a very, very, very hard decision to make. Uh, but you know, all things considered, the number one overall pick is going to be quarterback Trevor Lawrence from Clemson. Not if you ask Chris Sims, he'd tell you Zach Wilson. But you know, he's a nah. he, how did Chris <laughs> Sims do in the in the uh, NFL? Yeah. All right, so we'll go. Trevor Lawrence goes number one to the Jags. I think everyone can agree on that one. Yeah. Personally speaking, now that the Jets traded Sam Donald to the Panthers, obviously they're going to go quarterback at pick number Big two. massive need. So we will go Zach Wilson here at number two. Yeah, I, that's pretty much a given, I think. The first two picks is going to be a given. Right. What do you think for three? 
Uh, number three, so we're seeing uh, San Francisco. Again, a big need. It's going to be uh, quarterback. Um, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is definitely a good quarterback, but, you know, that injury history uh, is really concerning. So um, here, um, it's kind of easy. I think number three is going to be quarterback Justin Fields, Ohio State. Yeah, I think that's the only reason they really moved up was to grab a quarterback. Otherwise, I think they could have stuck with where they were. So I yeah. agree with you on that one for number four. For sure. Or three, rather. And the Falcons. Uh, many people think they might uh, start planning for the future and move off um, Matt Ryan. But personally, I think they're going to go in a different route here. Um, I want to say that they're going to probably go with a cornerback here. Oh, so I'm going to go here. J.C. Horn, quarterback, South Carolina. Wow. Might be the first reach of the uh, draft. Yeah, it's probably a reach for sure. All right, I'll put that down. Um, I'll put J.C. Horn down, but just as a kind of a quick note, I kind of feel like number four is going to hit Kyle Pitts. I feel like the tight end position kind of screams into the Falcons, but that's definitely an interesting one. I, I l actually like that J.C. Horn pick because of the reach idea. And then uh, what do you got for five? So number five is a very hard one. I got two guys listed here because um, they can go either way. Number one, they have to, have to get protection. Uh, and just to clarify, this next on the clock is Cincinnati. Yeah, that's why they need to get you know, protection, uh, you know, uh, the, you, you can't go down with a, an ACL injury again. I mean, that was that quick in his career that he went down with an ACL injury. Um, but, you know, also what's hitting me in the head is uh, reuniting the boys together. So uh, pick number five, I'm going to go wide receiver Jamar Chase. Wow. I mean, I could see that going either way myself, um, you know, reuniting Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow together. I mean, personally speaking, I probably went with Panay uh, Sewell, because uh, Joe Burrow needs protection. He was running for yeah. his life. It was almost like, you know, you had a bunch of guys in med and rank, you know, with a ranking of 30 blocking for you. It was just terrible. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely agree. I mean, it could go either way. It just, you know, uh, uh, even mock drafts all over the place, it's hit or miss. It's either Jamar Chase or Penny Sewell. So. All right. So next on the clock is the Miami Dolphins pick number six. It was originally our pick there, but we decided yep. to trade back for whatever reason. Uh, we got an extra first round pick out of it, so I think it was kind of worth it. All things aside, real quick, I feel like they'll trade out of this, but we're not in the business of doing any trades right now. Right. So I think personally they're going to probably go and get um, to a, another weapon here. So I'm thinking they're, that's where we're going to see Kyle Pitts go. Number six to the Miami Ooh, Dolphins. Ooh, I, I actually really like that one. That's a very good pick right there. You know, because they, too, could all use some protection, but I, I think they're going to go with a, a weapon there as well. Yeah. All right, so number seven, we got Detroit Lions on the clock. Uh, they made a big trade for uh, um, Jared Goff. Uh, I think, you know, they downgraded there for sure. Um and they also lost uh, Kenny Galladay. Um, so now you got to start thinking they need, they're going to need a weapon. Um, I see this every draft. You saw it last year where Henry Ruggs went first uh, for the wide receiver group um, instead of guys like CeeDee Lamb or um, you know, the other guy at Denver. Uh, 
But uh, here, I'm going to make a very surprised pick, and I'm going to say Devonta Smith, wide receiver, Alabama. I don't really see that as much as a surprise, because like you said, they lost Kenny Galladay. So I can see them going receiver, trying to pair somebody up with Jared Goff there. Um, but personally, you know, I can see them going defense as well. But, you know, that's a solid pick right there. I wouldn't be surprised. I figured Devonta Smith because, I mean, you know, I, I personally, you know, think Jalen Waddell uh, is probably the better pick of the two. But um, he just there's always that big surprise. And I think, you know, Devonta Smith gets a big chance in Detroit. Right. So number eight, Carolina Panthers on the board. Um, they're no longer going to be going quarterback here because they just picked up Sam Darnold. Um, so I think, too, they probably are going to go receiver to pair up with uh, Sam Darnold here. Um, so this is where I'm seeing uh, Jalen Waddle comes off the board at number Jaylen eight. Jalen Waddle. Yeah. I mean, they got some great wide receivers there, so it's kind of hard to see them need wide receivers. But um, I, I agree. I, I felt like if Kyle Pitts was at this point, he'd go to the, the Panthers. But Jalen Model definitely is a big one right there. That kind of sucks for the Eagles. What do you think for Denver here at number nine? Uh, Denver. I mean, they always need a, a quarterback. Uh, they don't have any luck. Um. You know, one of the things I am thinking here is, you know, you're looking at their needs right now. Quarterback is a big, massive need. Are they somebody that comes and picks up Trey Lance? You know, they, you know, the top three best on the board right now is exactly any of the three that they need. You know, quarterback, a tackle, and a linebacker. So um, this is a tough one, but it's actually going to be uh, a little funny uh, to me. But I'm going to say um, this is where. Uh, you know, you'll see Trey Lance come off the board. Well, I agree. Um, I, I see them going quarterback. I, I just don't think they have any faith in Drew Locke there and think they're ready to move off him. They just haven't really had any luck finding a replacement uh, since Peyton Manning. And Peyton Manning was more like a bridge just because, you know, he was already at the tail end of his career anyway. Yeah. And then we move on to the dreaded Cowgirls here at number 10. Uh. <laughs> They, they disqualify their pick because they're a bunch of you know what. So I'm just kidding. yeah, crybabies. Uh, what do you? Where are we gonna go here? Um, you know, I think it's too early to take a tight end here now. Oh um, yeah, for sure. Um, with Kyle Pitts off the board, dude, not worth it. Right. Um, and I don't think they're gonna go another uh receiver. So let's see. This one's a little tougher to think about just because I think they got a lot of needs here on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, they have, I mean, they have so many needs defensively. The, the, all three, I mean, maybe not, you know, linebacker-wise, but, you know, you know, your line and your secondary, they are very poor. Right. So I think... This is where we're going to see a re uh, another reach here, mainly just because I need to uh, I need to keep our first-round pick intact here. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know what you're talking about, though. We're, we're going to go Caleb Farley, cornerback out of Virginia Tech. You know what's funny? What's that? This, I think, would actually happen because I've, I've heard a lot of reports and stuff like that because, uh, you know, with the Cowboys, they have uh, – uh, 
Stefan Diggs' brother, uh, who is it? Uh, Trayvon Diggs. Yeah, Trayvon Diggs. Um, uh, and, you know, with that, I think they're a little bit nervous about picking up an Alabama cornerback again. Um, so I think there's going to be a reach with Caleb Farley. Caleb Farley is actually the best cornerback in this draft, ranked number one. He's got incredible speed. He's very fast, but I think physical, I think the other two outweigh Caleb Farley. Absolutely. Uh, so number 11 now, what, what are you thinking here? Uh, this is a big one. Um, definitely a big position of need is uh, Penny Sewell, but, but, but. Um, I've thought about this, and I I think they are going to go Micah Parsons, linebacker, Penn Ooh. State. I wouldn't have guessed that one. Um, I I would think they need more protection up front for uh, Daniel Jones, and also um, crap. I'm sorry, his name, the running back. Uh, um. Yeah, uh, Barkley. Yeah. Oh yeah, Barkley. Um, yeah, we need to. Uh, they need to get some protection there, cause, you know, after he came off that nasty injury. Yeah, the reason why I'm pulling away from you know a guy like Penny Sewell is because uh, you know they did bring back Nate Soldier, um, and I believe uh, just recently they picked up another tackle. I think last year, the year before that, you know, in early rounds that I think they're trying to build up. So I kind of you know. Tackle is definitely a big, de- big deal for them, but they might be able to pull one out in the second or third round. So this is where I think, because I, I kind of have a feeling that you know if he's on the board for the Eagles, they might go after Michael Parsons, especially with the wide receivers that we all want are off the board. But uh, I think you know the Giants know that and they will pick Michael Parsons. Right. So here comes pick number twelve to the Philadelphia Eagles, and we're gonna go with the guy we both agreed on. You know. Uh, well, the one I took. Um, but we both 150% agree on. I'm going to go cornerback Patrick Sertain out of Alabama. Again, we'll pair up very nicely with Darius Slay. Yep. And we'll one day take over the uh, number one spot for that. Yeah. I think I think Patrick Sertain is the best cornerback in this draft. Um, very physical. Uh, he's got some nice speed. You know, he's coming from a big school. I, I can't write. I forget what, what when it was the last time. I think it was 2002 was the last time the Eagles picked a Alabama player in the first round. Yeah, for quite a while ago. 2002. So was that Lito? Was was Lito from Alabama? I uh, or no? Was he second round? I believe he was. No, he was a first round. I believe. So I thought he was Florida. Anyway, though, uh, moving on to pick number 13, those, uh, you know, I hate the name change to Los Angeles Chargers because they had such a nice jingle to their name. You know, remember old primetime? You had uh, Tom Jackson who would, you know, and boom, or Chris Berman going, San Diego Supercharger. <laughs> yeah. it, do- it just doesn't have that same ring to it now. You're saying Los Angeles. Yeah, so, but anyway, um, the team that has little to no fans, who are you thinking? Uh, so this is uh, actually very easy. Um, definitely, they got they got themselves a very good quarterback. Um, I think he's going to be a very good one in the future. Um, so you got to get that protection. Penny Sewell comes off the board. Well, I agree. I think that's a big part of that. Uh, I mean, granted, I think a lot of the you know top tier cornerbacks are off the board, but uh, 
another issue they were having last year was protecting leads because it seemed like they always had a lead in the uh, third, fourth quarter, but then would blow it. Like I know they had a decent lead against the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but then blew that at the end. So, I mean, defense will be something they need to shore up later on, but uh, yeah. they do need to get some protection there for uh, Justin Herbert. So I think that's a, that's a decent pick there. All right, so moving on to pick number 14, the Minnesota Vikings. Um, Vikings. I think they're also going to go offensive line to add more protection for Kirk Cousins there. They want to yep. go Sean Slater, tackle out of Northwestern. That's a perfect one there. I was thinking that too. Um, I actually do have a slight chance that if the Cowboys do not go cornerback, I always feel like they're just going to end up doing uh, offensive linemen. So I would – I wouldn't doubt, you know, there's potential for Rayshon Slater to go to the Cowboys. That's true too, because they gotta they gotta help uh, Dak there after his gruesome injury, and they gotta yeah, rebuild that offensive line because they got old uh, real quick and injured yeah, real I mean, quick. You got Tyron Smith. That's uh, you know he's getting beat up. I mean, he's still relatively young. I don't even think he's in his 30s yet, but uh, he's just been beat up so quickly. All right, so now going forward here, pick number 15, the New England Patriots. Who you got? Uh, this one's uh, easy. Uh, I mean, I, 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 I feel like they wish that, you know, they might be able to find a uh, franchise-caliber quarterback in the sixth round like they did previously. But I've seen this for a little while here. Um, I'm going to say they didn't have to worry about trades, and they get uh, their, you know, next quarterback of the future, quarterback Mac Jones of Alabama. Yeah, I was, um, I was thinking that for sure, too. They got to... Get that quarterback of the future. I know they're bringing back Cam Newton for another season, so he'll be a he'll be a nice bridge to Cam, uh, Mac Jones. Yeah. Um, you're never gonna be able to p- replace Tom Brady. You know that's just a one in a million type guy. Um, but you know they got to start somewhere, and I'm not gonna say hopefully because I'm not a fan of the Patriots. But you know, you know, wish Mac all the best there uh, at pick 15. We'll see if uh, Bill can strike gold again. And then Arizona at pick 16. I want to go uh, interior uh, defensive line there. I'll go Christian Barrymore out of Alabama. I swear, we got the same mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking at their positions of need. I'm like, oh, that's an easy one. Yeah, because their defense was mediocre this past season. They need to pick that up. I think their offense is, you know, they. I mean, they got a couple uh, pieces they need to add there, too. They'll probably need an offensive lineman or two. Um, I think yeah. the receivers are fairly good. I know. Did Larry Fitzgerald retire? Uh, yeah, no. I thought he's coming back again. Or for he's coming back. He's coming back for another year. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, eventually they'll have to look probably for another replacement there to go with DeAndre Hopkins. But um, I think their offense is fairly set. Maybe a tight end too. But um, they could probably find yeah. that later on in the draft. But uh, one of one area of weakness there was their defense, and I think he would pick that up for them. Yeah, and I believe a guy like uh, uh, Hassan Reddick, you know, leaving them, you know, they might have to pick somebody else up on the D-line. So definitely at least getting, you know, interior gone. All right, uh, who you got for the Las Vegas Raiders? So pick number 17, you know, looking at, you know, position of need um, right here. You know, you could go tackle. Uh, I've heard this name. You know, this guy is potential to be a straight beast. I'm going to actually go safety, Trayvon Mulring from TCO. I could see that happening, especially after what they freaking... Well, actually, no, never mind. That wasn't them. Um, yeah, they definitely also need to shore up their defense. Um, 
I don't know if maybe at some point they, you know, there's always been uh, questions on if Derek Carr can really be their quarterback of the future, if uh, John Gruden really was enamored with him or not. But, um, yeah, I think they do need to sure up that defense. Um, they might even have to go cornerback uh, in, in a later pick as well. Yeah. So then uh, we move on to how did I get Miami twice? <laughs> <laughs> So I think they this is where they're going to get protection for Tua here, and they're going to go Christian Derrishaw, tackle out of Virginia Tech. Yeah, I, I agree. The only only thing I would say is because I am seeing you know a lot of defensive interior you know d- interior defensive line and you know defensive end. Uh, look for the potential of uh, you know a guy like uh, Quiddy Pay, uh, defensive end from Michigan, or uh, Jason Awe from uh, defensive end from Penn State. That's potential there as well. And then we move on to the Washington. Are they still the football team? Or yeah, <laughs> I think for one more year. So uh, uh, they were probably going to be looking at quarterback, but I think at this point all the uh, round one quarterbacks are kind of off the uh, board here. I think at this point it'd be a reach to um, really yeah take a quarterback at this position. So what do you I think? It's uh, a uh, for Washington. I think it's uh, you know if you're talking trades, I think they're either going to trade up or they're going to trade down. Um, accumulate some more stuff. I'm kind of looking at their, you know, list of, uh, you know, needs here. Um, you know, they really need a quarterback, number one. But uh, there's nobody there. Um, I would uh, maybe go, you know, along the lines of, um, yeah, I believe they lost a uh, linebacker. Um, last year, so you probably could go linebacker, but you know, seeing that you know, they lost uh, how was the uh, Williams the offense tackle? Uh-huh. I think you know they'll reach a little bit here, and I think they will as well go uh, tackle since you know they missed out on Christian Jerry Shaw, and I think they'll go Walker Little tackle from Stanford. That's not a bad pick here. Another team that needs a quarterback. <laughs> Oh, no, they got Andy Dalton. Oh, no, they're Super Bowl contenders now. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they still have Nick Foles, you know, Super Bowl Uh, champ. BDN. So I think this is, you know, they're going to go out and get uh, another, uh, try to get a weapon for Andy Dalton. Um, I want to go with uh, Rashad Bateman, receiver out of Minnesota. Oh, okay. That's a... Very good one. I mean, considering uh, uh, Robinson kind of doesn't even seem like he wants to be in with the Bears, but, I mean, he accepted a deal with them. But, um, yeah, I definitely agree. Get, get younger there and, you know, get a fresh, you know, young, you know, weapon for Andy Dalton or Nick Foles. So we got uh, our old buddy Carson Wentz's team, the Indianapolis Colts. What do you got for 21? Uh, so on here um, – you know, I see they need wide receiver. I see they need a tackle. Um, I believe their, uh, you know, franchise tackle retired. Uh, need to pair somebody up with Quentin Nelson. Um, I think, you know, first things first is to get protection for Wentz because Wentz is at his best with great protection. I'm going to go uh, tackle USC, Elijah Vera Tucker. Actually, see how bad he was last year when he had little to no protection. So it's a good thing to to pick something else up there. Yeah. And up to pick number twenty-two, we got the Tennessee Titans here. Um, I think they're gonna go 
trying to think. What where do we want to go here? I My think... perspective, I would probably say cornerback, but because I, I I don't think I can think of any cornerbacks on their team right now. So let's go Greg Newsom the second out of Northwestern. Yeah, that kind of sounds like a total uh, Tennessee Titans pick. Now you got the uh, now you got the Jets again the J E uh, or no that was me actually I'm sorry yeah yeah That's, yeah so now you get the now you get a chance yeah I mean um, we already took uh, Zach Zach Wilson at number two so you know here I mean they got some decent tackles there so it looks like guard is probably the biggest need you know especially you know get protection for newly acquired uh, Zach Wilson but. Um, you know, looking here, looking that they need, you know, defensive end. I think finally at, at uh, you know, pick 23, you're going to see Quiddy Pay, defensive end from Michigan, come off the board. Nice. There was a report here that uh, Howie Roseman really liked him, saw him as a uh, Brandon Graham clone. I think, I think he could probably have the potential to be better than Brandon Graham, but. And, you know, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't be terribly upset with it, but I just don't, you know, for the Eagles, I think that's just not a p- real position of need at the current time. So yeah. I would hope they'd go elsewhere. Um, but watch, they'll probably go quarterback. Yeah, quarterback factory. We need it. Got to go quarterback factory. And now you got the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers here. Um, I think they're, they're going to be losing uh, Alejandro Villanueva, so I think they probably need to go tackle here. Um, oh, you're going to go tackle. So, think here again, a bit of a reach, but again, this is something they need. I want to go Taven Jenkins tackle out of Oklahoma State. Okay. So my opinion on this pick is crucial because it seems like every year they pick a linebacker. Mm-hmm. It just seems like every year it's inevitable they pick a linebacker for some reason. But I'm not going to go that route. They did just lose James Conner, and I know they picked him up back in, like, the fourth round back in 2016, but I think, uh, you know, they're looking to shore up that position, so I wouldn't be surprised if you might see uh, Alabama running back Najee Harris co at this point. I could see that as well. It's total reach, but I could see it happening. All right, now you got the Jags again. The Jaggies. Um, So, yeah, I mean... uh, Here's another one where you might have to reach a little bit. I, I know they do have uh, uh, one tackle on their team um, that I believe uh, uh, could shore up some stuff, um, but I feel like, you know, get protection for that newly acquired, uh, you know, franchise quarterback uh, Trevor Lawrence. This one's going to sound like a reach, but uh, it's a very big, big hot name. Uh Tackle, Alex Leatherwood, Alabama. Oh, I love, I like that. I was, when I was like kind of looking through stuff, I was kind of hoping maybe, I don't know if he was going to be able to slip to us at like, in the second or you know, second round uh, too. Because I was debating on whether or not to go him uh, instead of. Uh... Yeah, I mean Alex Leatherwood is definitely a good option. I've even considered that too. Like even if maybe they can trade up into the second round. Right. Um, I to acquire a sec- another second and maybe pick him up, but I think he's too good of a name to pass up, you know, especially in potential for a big, heavy tackle first round. Right. Uh, so, 
Cleveland at pick number 26, the surprise team of the year, uh, made it all the way to the uh, divisional round of the AFC playoffs and nearly beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, yeah. So I think that's a team that is actually on the up and up. Um, I think they do uh, need good to, for good for the Browns. They do need to uh, shore up that defense here. So I want to go with a linebacker here. And sorry if I butcher this name, but uh, <laughs> Jeremiah Awushu Koromoa, uh, linebacker out of Notre Dame. Close enough. I agree. I definitely think, you know, looking at their needs, you know, linebacker, I don't think they're heavy with linebackers, so I think they could sure up that, that pretty strong defense. All right. Next up, we got the Baltimore Ravens at pick number 27. What do you got? Yeah, so uh, definitely this team has suffered the past couple of years with not getting, uh, what's his name? Now I'm blanking. Um, Lamar Jackson, I'm sorry. Uh, Lamar Jackson true wide receiver weapons i think this is the year um i've seen this in multiple mock drafts this year but uh we're gonna skip we're gonna go down a little bit and we're gonna select wide receiver terrence marshall jr from lsu yeah i can definitely see him slipping to uh to the bottom of the uh first round here uh in case you haven't noticed too we're trying to maintain our picks oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) who was your who was your pick in the first, the second round for the Eagles again? Uh, it was Elijah Moore. All right, so he's going to stay in the second round. Yeah, he's going to stay there. All right, so um, New Orleans at pick number 28. Um, you know, they can go anywhere between wide receiver because, um, um, you know, Emmanuel Sanders, I think they just lost. Um, they can definitely show up that defense because, you know, I think Tom Brady kind of torched them in the playoffs. Uh, so I think what we do here is we go cornerback. And uh, is this where we're going to see the next coming? I think we're going to see Asante Samuel Jr. go at pick number 28. I like that. I mean, I agree. I just I don't see them picking a wide receiver. Um, I mean, they do got Michael Thomas there, and I think they got some pretty good wide receiver weapons there. Um, I think they might look towards, you know, some later rounds to, uh, you know, find some wide receiver talent. And what do you got for 29? 29. The Green Bay uh, Packers. I think we is, can't we can't piss Aaron Rodgers off this year. Uh, you know, one of the big things that I'm seeing here is uh, wide receiver. They love their homegrown talent. They don't like to budge too much with uh, free agency. Um, just looking at you know, you know this whole list. Um, you know, I definitely love Elijah Moore, but he's 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 going to the Eagles in the second round, so uh, you can just you know wipe him away. But this is a big name that I've been seeing in the first round. Um, that could, I, I actually wouldn't have been surprised if he might go earlier, um, to, um, you know, you can even see somebody like, you know, Baltimore to pick him up, but I think this is where you'll see him, but wide receiver Kadarius, uh, Tony from Florida, a nice speed, got some great hands. Yeah. I think that'll be a pick that'll make, uh, Aaron Rodgers happy because I know he's a little, he's a little pith or miffed when they took, uh, Jordan Love in the first round. I think that was a bit of a... That was almost as dumb as, uh, not to, again, not to cast dispersions on Jalen Hurts, but almost as dumb as taking a quarterback in the second round for the Eagles. Yeah, for sure. And Buffalo, I think they're going to end up going defensive line here. Um, I think this is where you're going to see Jason away, uh, edge rusher from Penn State, come off the board here. Yeah, this is the funniest pick on earth because this guy's a uh, first-round you know, talent that didn't even accrue a sack last season um 
it's just he's got some freakish athletic skills and some strength, so there's definitely a huge potential. So I agree. I actually would say Jason away here. All right, and now we got you got Baltimore again. Yeah, Baltimore. Wow. Well, they're not going to go wide receiver again. Um, I think at this point you can look at, um, you know, they did just lose, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Matt, who is it, Judon, uh, right. to the Patriots. Um, I think you might be able to see another uh, edge uh, defender, you know, come come off the board. They love their defense, so you know they're going to have to pick pretty early. That's a tough one. Um, I've heard, I've heard, you know, the name you know Jalen Phillips before, so I think I'm just gonna pick Jalen Phillips in this position. Right. Um, I also think, you know, that's a good pick for them because you know they've always been a different known as for their defense over the years. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they go tackle too because they did just trade Orlando Brown away. But um, yeah, that is true. To the I was thinking tackle, but I'm like, you know, they're they are very big with you know wanting you know their. Uh, their defense. They like to make maintain that very strong defense. All right, and now we're on to the Super Bowl champ, champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers at pick number 32. This is an interesting one. Um, you know, they pretty much brought all their guys back. Um, they got uh, Tom Brady, who's just... Uh, hate to say it just because you know we all know how i feel but you know he is the goat but also the goat from the standpoint of he's a very selfless guy he's never really signed a huge contract he's always been about surrounding himself with talent you know i know he probably uses his uh, tb12 business to uh you know make up for that lack of funds from the nfl uh so that's why uh, you know he's always been able to Maybe not so much with New England, but like down here, and why he had so much talent around him and did him so well. Yeah, definitely. But I want to go with a, I want to go with a little bit of a shocker here. Close this out. Uh, close this out in style here. Uh, at pick number thirty-two, I think Tampa starts to look to the future here, and I'm going to go quarterback Kyle Trask out of Florida. Ooh, that's a big reach. Uh, I gotta find out where he is. How far down he is. Oh, here he is. Got him. Reach. That got him a name. That was an A minus pick. Oh yeah. I mean, I think uh, PFF is grading based off of the need, not necessarily the actual need plus the talent. But uh, yeah, I think Tampa's got to start looking um, because you don't know how many more years Tom is gonna play. Could play one more. Could be play five more. Who knows? But you know, you still want to have some some someone waiting in the wings. And who who better to sit behind than Tom Brady? Right. And Kyle wouldn't have to travel very far either. Going from uh, you know, going from the University of Florida down to Tampa. Right. Yeah. Um. Looks like it's very funny because you see all I see all these A's in here, and then you get to number four where we said it's an ultimate reach. Uh, JC Horn gets the C. Um. If they could actually get this to work, that Patrick Sertain pick, you know, A plus, I think that's gonna be magical. Uh, I would love it very much. You know, granted though, you know, I would love to get um one of the other receivers. You know, I wish kinda wish we would have stuck with where we were and could have uh, landed Jamar Chase. I think that would have been a game changer there. 
Yeah, uh, that would have been like a. I don't want to compare them too much because that's too early on, but um, would have to me would have been as close to Terrell Owens as we had in forever. Yeah, agreed. But uh, yeah, so that's our uh, mock draft. Um, yeah, so do feel uh, free to you know DM us, give us some you know ideas of what you think. Uh, you know. Eagles or some other teams might pick, you know, any differences if you share some similarities. Um, yeah, just give us a shout. So just a quick recap before we go here again to run through this. Uh, I'll go pick one through 12 here, and then you can take the you know, the next. Yeah. Uh, we got Trevor Lawrence, quarterback uh, from Clemson, going to the Jags. Zach Wilson, quarterback from BYU, going to the Jets. Justin Fields, quarterback from Ohio State, going to the 49ers. Uh, probably the first reach in the draft here. J.C. Horn, quarter, cornerback, South Carolina, going to the Falcons at four. Uh, you got Jamar Chase, uh, wide receiver, going number five to the Bengals, reuniting with Joe Burrow. Uh, you get some talent for Tua, or some weapons for Tua, rather, going tight end Kyle Pitts out of Florida. Seven, you're getting a weapon here for Jared Goff, Devontae Smith, uh, wide receiver out of Alabama. Uh, again, number eight. Getting another weapon here for Sam Donald in Carolina. Going Jalen Waddle, wide receiver out of Alabama. Number nine, you're you know we're looking for the next quarterback in Denver. Going Trey Lance, quarterback out of North Dakota State. Number ten, we got Caleb Farley, cornerback out of Virginia Tech, going to the Dallas Cowgirls. <laughs> Number eleven, we got Micah Parsons, linebacker out of Penn State, going to the Giants. Another Penn State guy goes to the Giants there. We got our boy Patrick Sertain, the second, going to the Eagles at number twelve to shore up the corner, the secondary. I mean, we both know that the Eagles are going to trade up number one and get the their next uh, uh, quarterback of the future. Oh, absolutely. Um, at number thirteen, you get some protection here for um, just Justin Herbert. You're going to go uh, Panay Sewell out of uh, Oregon, tackle. And uh, you got some more protection for Kirk Cousins for the Vikings at 14. Um, Rashawn Slater. And then Mac Jones uh, goes to the Patriots at 15, quarterback. Why don't you take it from there? Yeah. Um, so at uh, where'd you hit Mac Jones? So at number yeah. 16, you got Christian Barmore, uh, D-line from uh, Alabama. Um, number 17, I thought this was a pretty interesting one. It was uh, Trayvon Maurig, from, uh, safety from TCU. Uh, number 18 is going to be a, another tackle, Christian Dershaw from Virginia Tech. Again, we're going to see you know lo- another tackle go. Probably not a great pick, but uh, Walker Little, Little Stanford uh, tackle. At number 20, you get a weapon for Andy Dalton or Nick Falls, who go Rashad Bateman, wide receiver, Minnesota. Makes uh, you know perfect sense at that point. Um, number 21, our old fella. Uh, Carson Wentz, he's going to need protection there in order to be successful at the Colts, so I think they pick up tackle Elijah Vera Tucker from USC. Uh, number 22, um, it's an off pick, but definitely a position of need is uh, Greg Newsom II from Northwestern. 23 is where you're going to see a big, you know, potential elite player come off the board at, uh, to the Jets. It's Quiddy Pay, uh, defensive end from Michigan. 24, uh, you're going to have the Pittsburgh Steelers. It looks like uh, Villaweta, uh is uh, possibly no longer with the team. Um, you're going to go uh, Taven Jenkins, tackle Oklahoma State. 
uh, you know, the quarterback of the future for the Jaguars that they just acquired, number one overall pick, is going to need protection. So at number 25, I think, you know, you go down a little bit, but you're going to see tackle Alex Leatherwood from Alabama. At number 26, you know, to shore up that already strong defense, I think the Browns are going to look to linebacker position and go Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, and that's from Notre Dame. Number 27, they're just going to definitely need some weapons there for uh, Lamar Jackson, so they're going to go wide receiver Terrence Marshall from LSU. Two LSU wide receivers in the first round there. Uh, number 28, um, the... Uh, um, Saints are going to need to shore up that defense, uh, considering they got torched by uh, you know Tampa Bay. Uh, so I think this is where you're going to see the second coming. Asante Samuel Jr., cornerback from Florida State. Number 29, as we said earlier, to keep uh, you know Aaron Rodgers happy, I think we're going to see another wide receiver come off the board here. Kadarius Toney, wide receiver from Florida. At number 30, um, position of need, uh, looks like... Uh, a guy, Jason Owe, uh, defensive end from Penn State, good old PA. Um, 31, again, you got the Ravens on the board. Uh, Jalen Phillips, defensive end, Miami. And lastly, you got, uh, you know, the Buccaneers looking for their uh, quarterback of the future, especially, you know, with the uncertainty of how long TB12 is going to want to play. Uh, you got Kyle Trask, quarterback, Florida. Yeah, so we don't. This is our really our first uh, go around trying to do a mock draft like this. Uh, I think it went fairly well. Some reaches, but for the most part, I think most of these picks are kind of right on par with what a lot of these experts are going with. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you're going to see reaches anyway. You see it every year. You know, we definitely invite a lot of you to uh, comment and uh, you know make suggestions of your own if you want to comment some of your own mock drafts or you know if you have any suggestions on where somebody else should go or you know what a team should go in a different direction you know definitely hit us up and let us know and you know co feel free to comment as we'll be posting these on social media yeah and uh we'll uh definitely be around for draft night maybe post on twitter you know see you know our predictions here and uh, i believe that's all we got for today yeah it was a good show uh so again i'm tom from alpha one sports and i'm anthony from alpha one sports and just remember keep being buttes don't be pigeons all right yep have a good night rock on this has been Out for One Sports.